1: Um, once you're in the workout, it's self-talk. And that voice inside your head, I've said it before, no one will coach you as much as that voice inside your head. It's yeah. a constant stream of thought. Us paying attention and being aware of that thought is the first step. From there, it's realizing that you actually have control over those thoughts. Now, it's hard to do that. But what we want to do is make sure that we are. we are going to, if we're not paying attention, um, it's going to default to the negative mm. because there's. Um, it's more important for us from a survival perspective to remember um, the negatives than it is the positives.
2: We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stop. One, Hello and welcome back to Chasing Excellence Remote Edition. How are you doing, Ben?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks, Patrick.
2: Good. Today we're gonna to dive into the world of training fitness. You guys are in full swing there and games training there. So I wanted to I wanted to focus our conversation on that. And one of the things that we talk a lot about um Mindset we talk a lot about mindset in a in, in a very big way, like, like in, a, in a way that sort of directs our lives and I think one of the things that mm-hmm. can be hard is to figure out how to take that let 's just call it that kind of that macro mindset and figure out how to make it apply to the workout i 've got in front of me today um, and, and really figuring out well how does that how does how do all these big ideas that we talk about a lot how do they actually show up? on a day that, that maybe uh, you look at the whiteboard and you're like, ah, this is this, I don't know if I've got this today, right? And so mm-hmm. how do you, the, the first question I think to you is just, how do you start, whether yourself or with Katrin or whether you're just somebody at um, CrossFit New England, how do you start getting somebody really mentally prepared for a hard workout, something they know is coming, something maybe they're nervous about? Where do you begin in that kind of that preparatory process?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that this is something that most people can relate to that have been in a CrossFit gym, John CrossFit workouts, or just kind of brought their bodies to a level of uncomfortability, right? It's when you do that, your mind starts to play games with you. Yeah. And um, anyone that's been a, 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 an athlete at any sort of uh, level beyond recreation realizes that how limiting the mind can be on the body. And anyone's had these kind of like transformational experiences where they actually feel – Um, their, the strength of their mind. And you can, it can be so um, it can be the greatest coach or it can be the greatest hindrance. And what we want to do is make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success as often as we can, because we know we're not going to be perfect. This is not going to work every single time because we're human beings, but we're going to try and set ourselves up for success by creating the right habits, the right, falling back on the right principles and taking the right protocols into our workouts. So they become more of, um, um, uh, routines mm-hmm. than uh, anomalies. Mm-hmm. So, when we're about to start a hard workout, the first thing we want to do is realize you, we need to take some pressure off. Because, first off, what is pressure? Pressure is a made up thing, it doesn't really actually exist. If we're talking about pressure in terms of like uh, physics, where you're pumping more air into a bike tire, mm-hmm. that is pressure. But what we are experiencing when we say, quote unquote, pressure, it's made up it's all fabricated. It has to do with one of two things. It's either you are falling back on the past. You remember how hard workouts were, or you remember um, failing. You remember what that felt like, or you remember um, how uncomfortable it was, or you remember somebody beating you or whatever. And so because of that, this anxiety is bringing up extra um, this workouts bring up extra anxiety, yeah. or it's because you're projecting towards the future and you are fearful. You're anxious about what is to come. And if we kind of remember to, this is such a cliche thing, but to live in that moment right now, in that moment, I promise you, there is no pressure. Mm. Because pressure is only, and most emotions, actually, um, most I should say, ne- most negative emotions are only um, kind of uh, related to past. Or, or future events. It's yep. not about the now. The now is about like um, you know, it it it's these these positive feelings for the most part. So first thing we want to do. And this is the first one is, and I get that that's easier said than done for sure, but Mm -hmm. hopefully I can give some, some tactics, some actual actuals to fall after this. But the first one is to realize that pressure is a made up thing. And if you're feeling it, it's just a matter of your anxiety. Your your feelings um, are pulling you away from the task right at hand. And then from there to the way we can get past this is to tell yourself that you've already won, like you've already done the hard thing. The hard thing is over. The hard thing was getting in the gym. Hmm, yeah, That's what most people aren't doing. What most people aren't doing is showing up. You have already won. So the hard work has already been put in place. Now, it's just a matter of going through this next thing, this next part of this evolution. And the cool part about that is there is no pass fail. It's not a matter of winning or losing, it's not a matter of, Did you um, run the repeats in under 130 or not? Did you lift the 300-pound bar or not? That doesn't matter at all. Take away the results. The results are completely outside your control. When we start doing what we are right now with games training is you realize this really, really quickly because if we went on a 10-mile run with a pack the day before, the next day we're probably not going to hit PRs that we did six months ago coming off a rest day with lots of energy and all the rest. We're, mm-hmm. we're playing with the knife's edge right now. So for us to kind of say like, we didn't hit our PR, that's a failure. It's ridiculous. What we're looking for is repeated exposures to try to get better. And that, that necessitates many times not PRing. And mm-hmm. that sounds weird. People are hearing that for the first time, but you can improve a lot more, not worrying about the results and not worrying about if you are beating people. Or if you are um, beating even your previous self, mm-hmm. take away this aspect of pass fail. We have to pull ourselves away from this, this obsession with results. And there's a reason that we're obsessed with results because that's what everyone asked you about for your entire life. Yeah. Like Patrick, how'd the, how'd the math test go? Right. And you say, it went great. And they said, what'd you get? results. I want to know results. Patrick, how'd your basketball game go? It went great. Did you win? Great. You won. How many points did you score? Mm -hmm. Like results, results. We've been ingrained in this, but we have to realize is that's not the recipe for long-term success. That's a recipe for burnout. It's not going to help us in athletic endeavors. Business, you could argue it because business, it's harder to tell if someone's giving full effort, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to put more objectives and key results in place to make sure people are putting in the effort. But in a gym environment, in a workout, in a team environment, it's about the intangibles. It's about the effort you're putting in. That with consistency yields the greatest results. And then from there, the other thing you do to take pressure off is like, yeah, again, I'm going to work really hard. I'll work really hard. I won't worry about the effort. I'm going to work really hard. You know what that does, Ben? It causes me a lot of pain. (laughs) Like that's super painful. Yeah. Well, First part of that is it's not pain. Pain is when you step on a nail, you lose a loved one, you break a leg. Um, that's pain. What we are experiencing is being uncomfortable. Yep. And what we know about human beings is we can experience very high levels of being uncomfortable for very long periods of time. So we shift that paradigm. Is like all I'm asking you to do is go into the gray area and lean into that about being uncomfortable. And then from there, you know what, Patrick? I don't want you to be too uncomfortable. In fact. I just want you to go to a place that feels good today. Now, again, this feels really weird talking about this. But what happens is people get so amped up, so excited about the workout, so nervous, so concerned about how they're going to do that actually hurts their performance. Instead, if they don't worry about maximal intensity and maximum results, but just focus on what feels really right right now, and then dot, 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 that, what that will do by the way, all of what we just did is took all the pressure off. Yep. It's not about your results. It's not even about you working your ass off to the point where you're sweating in a pool of your own fluids. It's not about any of that. What it matters is that you showed up, that you give some effort, and that you just start. Mm-hmm. And that's the next thing is is don't overanalyze this thing. Don't try to figure out the perfect strategy. Don't try to figure out Um, where you're going to place on the leaderboard. Don't figure out if you're going to PR or not. Just start. And from there, you could actually start the workout at a ridiculously slow pace. And what you will find, this is what happens not only for novices, but for regional and games athletes that I work with. What you will find is if you take that pressure off in the beginning and you start at a pace that feels ridiculous as long as the workout is over six or seven minutes, mm-hmm. you will probably perform better in the workout than if you got all amped up, came out guns a-blazing, went above your threshold, had the necessity crash afterwards where you're gasping for hands on knees and sucking up. It normally feels like five seconds with hands on knees. Watch the video. It's 15 <laughs> to 25 seconds. Yeah. If you're taking five, six breaths, <sighs> it's, it takes longer than we think you will probably actually do better. The idea behind this is start to reward your character, which is I am the type of person that shows up. I am the type of person that can just start without being anxious. I am the type of person that works hard, but doesn't work to the point of self-destruction. I am the type percent person that knows their body. And when you start to reward those things, all of a sudden, this mental thing that you have, this mental block that you have beforehand starts to go away. The biggest one I can say out of all of those though is this pass-fail thing. Mm. It's, a, it's, the, it's Carol Dweck's definition of a growth mindset, right? Yeah. She's If you have a fixed mindset, everything is a test. Yep. You see everything in front of you as pass-fail. You either get a passing grade or you fail the test. As opposed to the growth mindset, which sees, sees everything as a learning experience, as a stepping stone for the next thing. That's all this workout is, is a stepping stone to your next workout. Why are you putting all this stress on on your training session? Mm. Could you imagine if any professional athlete put that much pressure on every single workout? Like by the time they get to the the event, they're smoked. Mm. They can't compete, they're done. So take the pressure off, not pass fail, You've already won. Focus on your body and just start.
2: How much? How much of the hang up? Because you're kind of talking, I think, around something that I think is really interesting and important. How much? How much of this? Those folks who kind of struggle with all those things. How much are they really just struggling with an inability to stop judging themselves?
1: Yeah, it's back to that pass and fail. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's what the the growth and the fixed mindset is all about, right? Which is the fixed mindset says you are inherently born with a fixed number of traits and abilities. And then what they do is they put themselves in positions where they can highlight their abilities mm-hmm. and hide their weaknesses. Talk about the exact opposite recipe for growth, for betterment and improvements. What we should be doing instead is Limiting our exposure in the training world, in our sport, other business, different. Um, But in our sport, what we should be doing is limiting our exposures to the things that we are phenomenal at Mm -hmm. and exposing ourselves as much as possible to the things that we need more work and development on. You are only as fit as your weakest link. If you're an incredibly strong athlete, but you struggle at running and burpees, guess what you should be doing more of? But if you are judging yourself and putting your self worth tied to the result of your workout, you're going to hot, You're going to shy away from those experiences. And people are like, "I get it." Like that's I, what what people don't realize is this goes right up to the top. Mm. Because you're a games athlete, doesn't mean that this fear of exposing your inabilities goes away it actually gets worse. I'm a games athlete. I'm supposed to be great at everything. Like, I'm not going to work on my muscle-ups. I'm not going to work on my strength. I'm not going to work on my running because I'm supposed to be the fittest guy here. Yeah. I don't want to get beat by the regular class people. They're going to be like, what's this deal with? So it becomes even harder as you climb up the ladder. But what you realize is in our sport, that's what, there's a huge level of necessity for humility. Mm. And humility is, I, I am... I am okay with not being the best today to work and hone on my craft so that I can become something special tomorrow
0: mm,
2: yeah you said um one you know one of the things was to learn how to reward character and not results and'm I'm, I'm curious like where you know because I you know I started the conversation saying like how do we take this these big ideas and and bring them down into the you know literally on a day to day gym level where would you where and how would you start Somebody to do that, like literally. Is it uh, like how how do you get somebody to start rewarding yeah. s- something that's really hard and amorphous as character over rewarding what we always do, which is like you've been saying is what what, what was the number you put up on the whiteboard? What, where do you start somebody there?
1: Yeah, stop putting the white out the number up on the whiteboard. Oh, stop using a clock. Yep. Stop measuring it. I know it sounds really weird in our yeah. sport. I yep. get it. Like measurable, observable, repeatable data. That's what you do. We, if you become addicted to it, you got to take away the substance, mm. which is the score. So then all of a sudden, the only thing then left is your work ethic, mm-hmm. which is your effort, which is your character. I mean, you just take away the thing that they are relying on, and all of a sudden they have to lean into something else.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Would, how would you handle that? That, that decision or or the execution of that decision in a gym setting, have, I mean, have you had a member who you were like, okay, he yep. or she is just, a, just focused on the wrong thing. Like, do you, do you literally like, how do you do that? I, I guess is the, is the question.
1: Yeah. So obviously you're not going to do that in a class setting because yeah. the other, the other 19 people in the class are like, <laughs> dude, what's up? Like, <laughs> right. We usually work out with the clock. Yeah. Um, you have that workout, that athlete do something, um, similar enough that they're doing the workout with the class, but different enough that it's not measurable against everybody else. Mm -hmm. So you are going to do um, burpee box jumps while everyone else is doing burpees and make it harder for them. That's fine. Make it harder. You are going to do um, squaw cleans while everyone else is doing power cleans. Mm -hmm. You are going to, you get it, right? Like it's going to be the same workout, but you just change it up enough so that they can't go like, I beat that person I didn't. It then uh, becomes like their score is just for themselves. It's an arbitrary number that they're just throwing out to the universe for Mm -hmm. no one to... Kind of reference and mm. um, compare to, so I mean comparison is a thief of all joy, yeah, right? Just, so yeah. you take away this comparison aspect, which is what we're doing yep. now, in com- to create competition. That is exactly what we are doing. We're trying to do that, which is also the magic of CrossFit. But realize with this certain potency, and it is, it's incredibly potent, which is why it's so effective. There is, um, there's danger to it, right? And that is that you can you can start to get um, addicted to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that we are making sure that we are rewarding character above, um, performance. You know, it's, um, Brett, I think his name is Brett Ledbetter. Um, he's the author of what drives winning. Mm. And he says, it's, uh, it's person over player. Mm -hmm. which is the player is the one that gets the stats. The player is the one that has a 235 Fran. The player is the one that has a 615 mile. The player is the one that went unbroken. The player is the one that came in first in the class. The person is the one that everyone enjoys being around. The person is the one that had resilience. The person is the one that when they didn't do well in the workout, didn't throw a fit. The person is the one that didn't get anxious before the workout and stress everyone else out. The person is the one that shows up consistently. The person is the one that people remember the person because people remember how you made them feel over the player. Mm -hmm. The player is the statistics and people don't remember it's Simon Sinek stuff, right? You start with why it's the, it's the, it's the lizard versus in the limbic brain versus the, the, the rational and the, calculated brain people mm-hmm. want, to it's about how you feel um not about anything else well it's kind of cool because how you make others feel is how you make yourself feel mm. and better people make better athletes it starts with character first if you have a really strong character resilience grit fortitude you get knocked down you get back up you have fail you go again like you make a mistake doesn't matter you can take coaching you can take feedback if you have that right character you can follow any no matter how hard this thing gets yeah. you can stick with it
0: yeah
1: no matter how many times Kobe Bryant right I mean Kobe Bryant's gotten so much this year rightfully so um, but I, I think that the the best Kobe Bryant story you know even before he had the mamba mentality that he named was his rookie season in the in the, their final game in the playoffs they should kill O'Neal on the team like a three-time Finals MVP, and they're in overtime against I think it was Utah Jazz, and he took the last four shots for his team, and he airballed—not missed, airballed all four of those last shots. Now, somebody without the right character, yeah. the right resilience, the right um, competitive makeup, would get crushed by that. I don't belong here. I don't. And to him. It's just like part of the process, man. It's yeah. part of the deal. Like, I, what they did is expose that I I got tired late in the season. I was in high school last year. <laughs> we only played twenty two games. Yeah. Now we played eighty six or whatever they play, plus the plus two rounds of the playoffs. I got tired, so that's why he dedicated himself to the conditioning.
2: Yeah. Um, so we've we've been talking a lot about the mindset going into a workout. We have kind of bled into the workout a little bit with their with the idea of. Uh, just starting and just starting um, and and building your way there. Um, what happens? What about in the middle of a workout or when the workout actually starts to get hard? Right. One of the things that um, that I love and we've talked about it in numerous times, numerous places. But just this this notion of if we put your if we put your voice on the loudspeaker, right? Would yeah. you be proud of it or, or not? And so I think that's probably an element to it. But but talk to us about okay, I'm, I'm a round into a five-round workout, I'm you know, five minutes into a 20-minute AMRAP, and the, and the voices start to creep in, am I going too fast, was this too much, is this too heavy, et etc. How do you start to, um, how does an athlete start to rein that in so that they can stay focused and they can, stay, uh, they can make the progress they want to make?
1: So, I mean, you're nailing a lot of the stuff. So it comes down to your self-talk. Um, Once you're in the workout, it's self-talk. And that voice inside your head, I've said it before, no one will coach you as much as that voice inside your head. It's a constant stream of thought. Us paying attention and being aware of that thought is the first step. From there, it's realizing that you actually have control over those thoughts. Now, it's hard to do that. But what we want to do is make sure that we are going to, if we're not paying attention, um, it's going to default to the negative mm. because there's. Um, it's more important for us, from a survival perspective, to remember um, the negatives than it is the positives. It's way more important for us to remember which berries kill us than to remember which ones taste the best.
0: Right.
1: It's more important for us to remember that the the big furry thing with the fangs and the claws will kill us than the that butterflies are are fun to look at. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are hardwired from a survival mechanism. To, re, to, to focus on the negative. Unfortunately, what happens is the more you focus on the negative, the more you see. It's a frequency illusion. I say, go look at the yellow cars outside, Patrick, and you're like, all of a sudden you see tons of yellow cars. It's what you look for you see more of. The detriment to that is you will not perform to your potential if you are have a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. This has just been proven over and over again in so many different fields, um, from um, ER surgeons to classical violinists to elite athletes um, to people in the boardroom. It's when you can get into, quote unquote, the zone or a flow state that performance works the best. And it's impossible to get there with a negative mindset. That's why it's so important that you kill the critic inside your head. Mm. Now that's easier said than done because of this internal biological bias that we have to, we're hardwired for negative. So what we need to do is flip it and crowd out the negative with something else. And instead of as you just said, you kind of alluded to a lot of them. I'm in round three of a five round workout and oh my God, this is getting really hard. This is getting so heavy. This is so painful. I'm only halfway. This person just passed me. Oh my God, like, am I gonna finish this? Am I going to be last? All of a sudden, you can see like how the spiral's out of control. Yep. No one's gonna perform at their peak there. What we can do is flip those a little bit. And some people might say it's, um semantics, I, I, I call it mental toughness. Mm. This is what mental toughness is. So when you're entering a, the three round of a really hard five round workout, let's say it's, um, 400 meter run, um, 15 burpee box jumps, 15 thrusters, right? Mm. That's everyone. No one's like, yes, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> like that's <laughs> hard. Yeah. Right. So um, you just finished round two and like the walls start closing in on you, right? Your legs are heavy. Your heart rate is jacked. Even when you come in from the run and you do your you, – you're like, okay, I'm going to – you think that you're being positive. You pick up the barbell and you're like, I'm going to break this up just once. I'm going to try for like an eight, seven, a nine, six. And you get to three and the bar comes off your, off, off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell? And immediately what happens to your head is you go, I'm not even halfway through this workout, my plan was to take one break on the thrusters. I just broke after rep number three. And you're, all of a sudden, you're like, world kind of collapses. What we need to do is shift the perspective from the beginning of it, like way, way earlier than that. And if you mispace a workout, I don't care how mentally tough you are, there is a thing. Um, called your physical tolerance, which you cannot supersede. Right. So if you supersede your physical tolerance for what I'm talking about is pacing. Yep. If you come out too hot, I don't care how mentally tough you are, you're going to collapse. It's the people that are so mentally tough at the end of triathlons or marathons. And you see them like stand up and their knees buckle and they collapse to the ground and they stand up again, they buckled the ground. And that's not a lack of mental toughness. They have exceeded their physical tolerance. So as strangely as it is, as strange it is to talk about this when we're talking about mental toughness, the first thing we have to do is make sure we don't exceed our <laughs> physical. Right. Like you have to make sure you pace the workout appropriately, and the way you do that is I said it already earlier is you have to start round one much slower than you think you should. I mean, if there's one fault for CrossFitters, it's ubiquitous across. Is everyone comes out too hot? Yep. Um, if you are able to slow them down, then what you can do is then round two becomes actually round one, and that's the idea. Use round one almost. As a, I'm not gonna say a warm-up. Round one is to feel it out. Mm. And if you don't think, and then what you're saying to yourself the whole time is, can I hold this pace? When you shift it that way from this, like, oh my God, this is terrible, this is so heavy, am I gonna fit to just like, is this the fastest pace I can hold? And ask yourself that. Is this the fastest pace I can hold? And if the answer is no, then speed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could, I could, I could hold this pace through all five rounds. Now, if the answer is, yeah, this is I can't, I can't hold this pace, then you need to slow down now. It might, it might be round one, round two. When you start entering round three, instead of saying to yourself, I'm only in round three, I'm not even halfway, say, um, or, or even what I should say is, um, what most people say is, finished round two, that's what people say. Finished round two. I'm not even halfway. Mm-hmm. Instead, this is a super semantic thing, You flip it and you go starting round three. After this, I only have two more rounds. Mm -hmm. And what you've done in your head is told yourself, I only have two more rounds. And the whole thing gets shortened up. We get caught up. The mind takes uh, um, advantage of us when we get overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. when things become bigger than they actually are. What we need to do is put things in a smaller, more manageable state. After this round, I only have two left. When you're doing a 10-round workout, what you want to be saying to yourself is as you are entering a round is, uh, is what round you're entering, not what round you just finished. It's not, I just finished round four. It's, I'm entering round five. After this, I only have dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. It's so much more manageable in your head. You need to kind of flip the script that way. Yeah. The next thing you want to do is like crowd out the other negative noise by focusing on something, um, by coaching yourself, not being a critic, but by coaching. But here's what you don't want to do and what is missed by a lot, and coaches know this, is don't highlight a negative, Mm -hmm. meaning don't drop the bar. Like when you see your sub your subconscious mind can't process the negative. Yep. So what your subconscious mind, which is incredibly powerful, hears is not don't drop the bar. They hear drop the bar. Similar to that is like, don't slow down, don't drop the bar. You hear people yelling us this from the sidelines all the time, and people are finishing a workout, like, don't stop, don't stop. What someone's hearing is, don't mm. stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. Like it's it'd be like being at the top of a, a mountain bike course and somebody being like, um, just remember, um, don't hit the trees. <laughs> right. Don't hit the trees. Like, don't hit the trees. Or don't crash. Don't crash. Like, instead, focus on something that is going to be productive, which is, an easy one is like, hold on to the bar. Yep. Keep going. Like, those yep. type of things. But in terms of a mountain bike racer, instead of like, um, don't hit the trees, it's, okay, remember um, to set yourself up early on every turn, especially in the woods. Like in the woods, set yourself up early on the turns. Anyone that's ever like ski race or mountain bike like, knows what I mean by that. You got to you start your turn earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so then also now they're, now they're being a coach. This is what a coach is. And then what we can focus on is not how hard this is, but your, um, your efforts, your technique, and your efficiency. And what we want to do is constantly working on those three things, and that's what we should be measuring. I love the, the um, you know the the fact that the body can't measure the subconscious, um, and I'm a big believer in gratitude and the fact that you know, um, you know we get to do this, we don't have to do this. Yep. Is when you're in the middle of a really long hard workout, or maybe even not in the middle, maybe in the beginning, um, but this works really well. For me, anyway, is the way the saying I say is unfortunately, this is going to be over soon. Hmm. So, what you're saying there is somebody's like, well, wait a minute, that's a negative. Like, this can be over soon. Like, yeah. So, so if your body can't process the, so what you're saying is unfortunately, this is going to be over soon, which is gratitude. That's mm-hmm. great. Like, phenomenal. Like, I'm so glad I'm here. This is the best hour of my day. I look forward to this. The other 23 hours of a day, I actually dream about workouts. I love the feeling I have after this. So it's like so much gratitude pouring out with that statement. Like, unfortunately, this is going to be over soon. But if your body can't, if your subconscious can't process the unfortunate part, what it hears is this is going to be over soon. Mm -hmm. Cool. It's going to be over soon. Like, go get it. Mm -hmm. Like, Charge. This is not as hard as you think it is right now. Like it's going to be over soon. Um, if none of those things work, then no let me right. just finish one more yep. on then if 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 none of those things work, then the other thing that you kind of, and this is like the masochist can kind of fall into this one, is <laughs> it's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to be hard. In fact, it doesn't change you until it challenges you. So Muhammad Ali never, they, you know, they asked him how many sit-ups he does in a day. He says, I don't, I don't know because I don't start counting until they start to hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the deal. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. So once you get to that spot, like, don't be surprised by it. Actually relish it because this is what you've been trying to get to the whole time. You've been trying to get yourself to round three so that your body can start to make some adaptations
2: this makes me think of and i don't i don't know if it's related so you tell me but you just posted um like we said at the top you guys are in in the midst of games training and you and Catherine just posted a video of you guys it looked like you were doing a trail run of some kind and she was doing uh-huh. pushups and you were throwing dirt on her um
1: <laughs> that makes it sound so bad really like, <laughs> you know, take it out of context like that
2: uh, yes it does um but like how much of that is wor- is working or is, is your attempt to work on some of these things that we've been talking about here, kind of this inter workout mindset. Um, how much of it was, is that, or how much of it maybe is just like, just getting comfortable with randomness and unexpected.
1: No, no, it's, it's, it's very much the, the former, not the latter. It is, it is all about, um, cause I don't think they're going to throw dirt on her right. when she's running. I yeah. don't think it's about like, um, so uh, it, it is very much so about the, um, the mindset aspect it's about, about like, how can you, can you block out the distractions? Cause that's all that is yep. like having sand on your back is just annoying. Yeah. So can you block out the annoying parts and still continue to give your very best effort? So for that, 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 what, that, uh, what we were doing there is, um, we went on a run she thought we were going to the track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just pulled over to the side of the road on these power lines and started running. And didn't let her know how far we were going. I just said, throw the vest on and start going. And Every now and then, I would have her do 21-15-9 um, of push-ups and squats. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, I would have her do um, burpees. And she had to complete so many burpees in a minute or there was a fault. There was a like a, a penalty. Yep. So – um, in the middle of it though, I gave her some other things to just distract her. I mean, that's all it is. It's like yep. make it a little bit more uncomfortable. So the demons start popping up in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if you don't practice stuff, it's not going to be there on game day. I think mean, that's what a lot of people think is like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll be tough on game day. Yep. It's, it's like anything it's, um, I mean, actually like they've, like science has proven this now, there's actually like myelin sheets that get laid down. I mean, it's like literally physio physiologically, you get you build character, and re- through repetition, we need it.
2: Um, how much of that kind of leads into to I think the one question I had after uh, after listening about uh, you know the the mid workout mindset, how much of the difference between a good athlete and a great athlete is what we're talking about here. And how much do those great athletes work on these things intentionally and how much of them are um, taking advantage of whatever, you know, this kind of happening by accident, right? Having ha- being able yeah. to talk to themselves, being able to. um Focus less on the negative and more on the positive. Like, I guess, my, I guess maybe the question is like, are the athletes that you're working with and the other athletes in the sport are we at the point now where everybody's doing this intentionally? They're thinking about these things. They're reflecting on them. They're training them to the degree that they can. Or is it only still a few athletes doing it?
1: It's a good question. Um, so the two parts to that the first one is how important is it? Is it the, is it how big of a differentiator is it between the good and the great? Um, that's forever going to be the question, right? (laughs) And until it's proven, um, the amateurs are not going to jump on board because they still think it's about, um, skills and and ability. Mm -hmm. So, um, I will say that most high level coaches are focusing on this. Um, most high level coaches are focusing on this. There's probably something to it. Mm -hmm. Um, coaches have no other, I mean, we're just, like results like junkies, right? Like we just want to make people better. So, I mean, it's what we've seen make people better. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, Matt Fraser going from, you know, um, pretty darn good to phenomenal, whether it's Katrin going from an average games athlete to a champion, whether it's, um, you point to like people like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, um, and the mindsets that they had, Um, Michael Phelps, like the mindset that he had, like, you know, there's, um, you can point to a lot of people, but then people go like, well, look at the abilities that those guys have. So it's hard to figure out which comes first, the chicken, the egg, the mindset, or the ability. Um, And I don't think it's a productive discussion. You know, basically who's, it's like, who's stronger, who would win a fight, like Batman or Superman? Like, (laughs) why are we even debating this? We're saying that they're, they're both superheroes and they both fight crime. Like, we're saying like the same thing here. Like, your ability matters a ton. And you know, I'll say your genetics matter a ton. Yep. But so does your mindset. It's not a thing that you can just ignore and it, it hope that it just comes about through the physical training. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. So the second part of your question is, how many athletes in our, what percentage of our athletes in our sports I think are doing this? I really think the majority. Yeah. I, I don't think that you can get to um, the super highest level consistently without doing this. Now, there are people that are going to be um, in and out of the games, one-hit wonders, they come in, they go out. Three years later, they come back in, they go out. That's not who I'm talking about. The perennial top tens on both sides, um, I, I almost guarantee that they are working on this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay,
2: so we've talked about before the workout. We've talked about during the workout. I imagine that there's a third piece to it uh, this post-workout mindset.
0: Yeah.
2: I I imagine in order to set yourself up for the next workout, but you tell me where the value is and what it looks like to, um, I don't know if it's reflecting, I don't know what it is post-workout.
1: Okay. So what you just alluded to there, like kind of, I think just kind of throw it out there is exactly it. Mm. Your post-workout immediately after the workout, what you are doing is your, um, forming the habit loop that's going to create the self-fulfilling prophecy for the next workout. Mm. In fact, whatever you tell yourself immediately following that workout most likely is going to pop up in your head in the middle of huh. the next workout.
2: Interesting, yep.
1: That's actually what's happening. So what we want to do is you have your options, right? You could lie on the ground and go, oh my God, that was so terrible. I suck. I'm not good. I can't believe you all beat me. Why am I even doing this? That hurts so bad um, when you go to get in the middle of your next workout and the challenge starts, whatever that's round three or wherever it is, what do you think the thoughts are going to pop back up? Mm-hmm. It's going to be those exact ones. What we want to be doing after your workout is be laying the foundation for the next workout. Now what not you don't need to do is go like, okay, in my next workout, I'm going to do this in my Cause then what you're doing is you're just second guessing all the things you just did. That's not helpful either. Because then, what you do in the next workout when it's over is go, oh man, this time I messed up stopping this while doing the next workout. Instead, you're going to create the habit loop. And yep. the habit loop goes um, the cue, the action, and the reward. What we need to do is make sure that there's a reward for your action. Your action was the workout, right? So the action was you've now done this thing. When you're done, what we need to do is actually give yourself the carrot, mm. and it's mentally. You have to give it to yourself by saying, when you are, and I'll do this to my entire class. You've been in the gym and you've probably seen this happen. The entire class of 25 athletes will be spilled out on the floor, breathing really heavy. And I save it for the really hard workouts. You know, maybe a workout that ends with, um, you know, it's an AMRAP that um, ends with a a row. So everyone's like spilled out, row burpee or something like that. Spilled on the floor. And I'll turn the music off and I'll let the breathing kind of like create this like rhythmic thing. So everyone's kind of like, They all hear it going, I'm saying, I'll just tell them, your only job right now is to tell yourself how proud of your effort you are. That's it. Just sit in this moment for a little bit. Tell yourself you love this feeling. You know, if you just keep doing this, you're going to get everything you want out of your fitness journey. This is feels so good. You love the feeling of the battery acid in your veins. You love your heart trying to rip through your chest. This is what you crave, this is what you're here for. Be proud of the effort you gave in that workout. I know you can look back on this workout and say, I shouldn't have broken up that round. I probably could have pushed a little bit harder there. You are forever going to be able to second guess in hindsight what you have already done that doesn't negate the fact that you poured your heart into this workout feel so good about that and if we just do that when you lie on the floor after a workout if you say like i'm so proud that i put in the effort what happens is in the next workout you're focused on putting in a hard effort because you want that carrot at the end yeah and now what we've done is we've looked back all the way to the first one, which is this is about effort, not about results. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if I break up a round or not. It doesn't matter if I'm messing up. It's about my effort instead of anything else.
2: Yeah, I love that. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Thank you, Ben. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube.